Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Yeah, I'll press the button. Oh, we are live. <laughs> what a start. Hello and welcome to the next newsletter on New Zealand Sport Radio as my co-host chuckles away. The show where a panel of football tragics discuss the latest goings on and arguably the greatest football league in the world, or at least Australasia, the Bunnings A-League. More specifically, we're here to break down the performances of the Wellington Phoenix, preview the next game, and give all of you watching and listening some views and opinions about the league in a Kiwi accent rather than an Aussie one. Although, if you'd been watching Sky Sport commentary, we did have uh, the next podcast, the Yellow Fever podcast, on Sky Sport alternative commentary. So it was good to have... uh, some of our comrades at the Yellow Fever are on their podcast. And I mean, that's another win for us in terms of getting New Zealand commentary back on the airwaves. Obviously, as we wait with bated breath for the New Zealand uh, or Wellington Phoenix to return to New Zealand and play a game, which we will talk about coming up, um, it's good to get our Kiwi voices back across it. And so we'll be doing our best to provide all of our Kiwi opinion on our Wellington Phoenix, on our beloved boys in black and yellow, or red if they're playing in Wollongong. Um, But we will be talking more about the Wellington Phoenix today and their game against Melbourne City, which was, Dan... Can I just interrupt for a moment? What are you going to say? Did did Phoenix City shout us out when we did a live commentary of uh, of the Knicks? (laughs) Mate, I'd have to go back and and re-watch the clip and make sure they did because, uh, you know, the Phoenix, Phoenix City have got to shout us out for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, continue. <laughs> continue. Anyway, so we'll review the Melbourne City game, uh, which, I mean, Dan, it was it was back and forth stuff. It was a bit of a roller coaster emotion for all of us. And like I said, the Phoenix always struggle for consistency. And once again, what did we get? We got a game that pretty much sums up how the Phoenix play, uh, where they go a goal down, they come back, they go another goal down, they come back, and you think, here we go, we're going to get one. We're going to get one against the run of play. We're going to beat a team that no one fancied us to beat. And then, unfortunately, we go and concede another one and we lose the game. So it's just classic Phoenix, really. Uh, and as a fan, you know, you've seen this so many times in the past where you go, you, you give us hope, Phoenix, and then you take it away. And what you giveth, you taketh away once again. So, Dan, what were your thoughts on the game? What were your thoughts on the, I mean, standout players in the game for the Phoenix? And also, how do you think that places us for the rest of the season? I know that we are 15 
games in now of a 23 game season we're starting to get to that run-in period and I know that we were saying as well that we wanted it to be in our own hands is this out of our hands now uh, yeah it's it's getting to that point where we're having to start to rely on other teams uh screwing up for us to have a chance and that's really disappointing because this whole season like we saw in that cracking game against the wanderers which we lost which we lost thank you var um we saw <laughs> it last week um uh, against macarthur and we saw it this week and every goddamn week it feels like we're on the verge of something we're getting some good passes in it's looking like things are starting to click and then it I think you summed it up. Will the Phoenix give if the Phoenix take it away? And yeah, that's cost us. And of course, like we've had a gazillion things go wrong, most notably went Wong Gong. Um, and, you know, losing players like Simon and attracting people. It's yeah, it sucks. <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're at that stage uh, where we are going to have to start relying on other teams to drop points because, as you can see, thank you, Paul, uh, we are seven points off sixth place. This, And ultimately, while I bemoan our luck, it's us shooting ourselves in, in the foot. Um, as for stand-up players, well, I feel like every, if, every week that I'm on here, we end up having a god amongst men. Uh, this week it's Tim Payne. God, <laughs> I love that man. <laughs> he, he gave us everything. And, yeah, uh, we're very lucky that he just uh, went into centre-back and then decided just, all right, 180%, let's go. But, yeah, over to you, Connor. What were your thoughts on the game? Uh, I mean, I was happy that he made score again. It's always good to see him made score. I mean, Davila, he's now, what, our sixth top scorer. He just keeps scoring. I mean, he's insane. I love the man. Um yeah, Davila is always someone who deserves a shout-out, but I completely agree. I think Tim Payne, in an unfamiliar role, but he's made his own and he's made familiar this season. Obviously, starting out as a centre mid, moving into the right-back spot when he turned like full professional with the Phoenix um, after stints overseas, obviously, where he played in the midfield. And now he's gone back to centre-back and he's made it look like he's been playing there all his life. So... Respect to Tim Payne. Tim Payne is our God amongst men or the, the God amongst men this week. Um, and I'll just get the banner ready at the bottom. Hold on. As a God amongst men. Let's let's get this banner queued up. And then we'll just scroll across the bottom. Yep, there it is. Tim Payne is a God amongst men. Um, I think that he definitely is our, our standout player for this week. I think without him, it could have been much worse. Melbourne City had a lot of chances and Tim Payne seemed to inevitably be there to block it or to, to snuff out any chances they had um, for most of the half. And then he can only do so much. I mean, the goals did eventually come, unfortunately. Uh, and we did out find ourselves on the wrong side of the scoreline once again, where I thought that for long periods, we definitely deserved more from that game. Uh, at the very least, we deserved a draw. I mean, it's so tough looking across the, all the fixtures we've had, 15 fixtures so far, and thinking back to how many games we actually deserve to lose. And I can think of maybe two that we actually deserve to lose this whole time. One of them we ended up winning. <laughs> so looking back at that, I'm like, you know what? At the end of the day, like I think the Phoenix have been very hard done by by their performances uh, so far. And I think if they'd had a bit of 
luck go their way if they'd had a VAR system that was actually working uh, they would actually be in the running now for a playoff spot rather than relying on other results to go the way and I think we have to be realistic with other teams having games in hand uh, with the Phoenix having played a couple more games than other teams we really are starting to think about relying on other teams to slip up now because uh, it's a shortened season. There's only 23 games, as we mentioned before. Hopefully, we're going to have a couple of those played in New Zealand. But at the end of the day, it's been a tough season. We've been playing it overseas this whole time. Players have been away from their families or had to fly their families over to Wollongong to be with them. It's a tough, kind of stilted, kind of weird season for the Phoenix. And so ex- excuses aside, it's it's been tough. It's been tough. And I think... At the end of the day, if we look back on this season and I and I and I look back and I want to be able to say, look, I want the Phoenix to have played absolutely these last, you know, seven or eight games. I want them to give absolutely everything because obviously we want that playoff spot. But if they don't make it, just give absolutely everything on the pitch and come out with your heads held high because I think we can forgive them this season if they miss out on the playoffs. However, if they make the playoffs, it's a great story. So either way. I think they can be proud of themselves. It's just now, I mean, about hanging on to all the players we have off who are going to be off contract because every season we say it, we need we 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 do a rebuild. So fingers crossed that for once we can actually hang on to a lot of our stars. We hang on to the likes of Stevie T, who wants to retire here. Uh, we hang on to the likes of McGarry, who's started to make a name for himself. Tim Payne, Ollie Sale, you know, all these players that are starting to break through who have been waiting for their chances. And then we just hang on to these players and we build again because it's already starting. And I know it's like, it's already sounding like, oh, we're moving on to next season. And like, we build again, we get players on contracts. Um, But I still think that we do have a slim chance of making the playoffs now. It's just out of our hands to a degree. And I think it's funny because the next thing we're going to talk about is previewing the Western United game. And... I know. I, I see Paul's joined us. So before we preview that, Paul, what do you have to say? Well, I'm just thinking that we need perhaps we need a, uh, a God amongst men kind of uh, logo. So I had a quick search, and maybe we need to uh, have a God <laughs> logo, won't we? Before we oh, God. Each, each week, uh, maybe oh, we can do better by next week. But um, we'll figure yeah, something uh, out. A God amongst men. This is, beautiful. This is not, so beautiful. You're not. You're not. You're not. You're not. A, you're not a Hoff fan. <laughs> that is a classic. That is a classic photo of him as well. Look how look at the hair. That is truly wow. So yeah, I think we yeah, definitely need need a logo for next time. We can uh, yeah mm. uh, for, mm. for next week. Well, yeah, we'll have to figure out something for sure. Thanks for that, Paul. Um, shout okay, out to well, Paul. shout out to Paul. What a what a moment that was. Um, so <laughs> it's funny because I was talking about Western United, and I think this comes round quite nicely into the fact that obviously you know Western United, bit of history. The club that formed recently took our manager, Mark Rudan. This is a defining game of our season. I know I've said that many a time, but this is the key game because we win this, and I think that that gives us momentum going into the next run of games. Very winnable games, by the way. We win this game against Western United, and we start thinking about, okay, we're looking up the table. We've got chances. Even though they may have games in hand, those teams above us, we've still got that run that we can put together. If we lose this, not only is that a loss to Rudan, who we don't, we never want to lose to, and and Western United, it starts putting us in the th- the thoughts of okay, actually that's three losses in a row. So now maybe we don't have what it takes to actually make those playoff spots and start a playoff run. So I think this game is absolutely crucial. It's a it's a can't lose. 
basically you can't lose it because if we lose this game that i think that's almost certainly the the dagger that kind of gives us the end really and uh and i agree simon they are a real rival and definitely because they've been created and because they stole our stripes in terms of black and green rather than black and yellow but they stole that kind of idea terrible away kit by the way our away kit was always way better than theirs um but that is yeah that is the game with the most feeling for us i think and we can talk about how crap the perth glory rivalry derby is till the cows come home i think this is the proper derby for us connor are you insulting the distance derby dan i already know your thoughts on it and i know you wholeheartedly agree with me thank you for the sarcasm though i appreciate it (laughs) god damn it (laughs) yeah i know you too well mate i know you too well and we i think we all agree that the distance derby is just a joke so Western United, it is the derby, and we've got to win that. It's a must win, and I think that the Phoenix need to be geared up for it and ready to fight because it's it's going to be an absolutely huge game, and it's a home game again at Wollongong, home game, but we need to get that win, okay? And then looking at the next fixtures, I mean, we, then we've got that Perth game, then we've got Western United again. So if we get we start that couple of wins there, we've already beaten Perth. We know we can do it again. We've beaten Western United many a time in the past and since they've been formed. It's always good to beat the snakes. Let's go out there and get their result there. Yep, yep. Honestly, not a whole lot to add to that. I uh, forgot to put in a point uh, in our planning for the Western United game, but making up making it up on the fly. I'm just going to talk about our rivalry here for a moment. It's like. As as Connor said, as much as I love the distance derby, Western are real rivals, and I really hope that, like again, we can keep even even away in the gong, we can keep that fire uh, burning and like have have a little more energy, a little more passion when we put one past Western, because what I don't want to see happen is Mark Rudan leave Western, which he will eventually. Um, and then the rivalry just fade away, and I want to. I want Wellington to have a genu- genuine rival because this is the one time you're going to hear me say this: the distance derby is not the best derby in the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have been quoted on that. I will never yeah. be quoted on that again. Uh, um, but yeah, as as to the game itself, I honestly think it is a must-win. Like. Where else are we going to get the points? Like, we don't have... If I do a quick scroll through our coming games, we don't have that many games against uh, teams closer to the uh, lower half of the ladder left. So, like, we we need the momentum here and now because Western is about as speedable as it gets. Yeah, no, I think Perth Glory, obviously, is the other one that I identified in that kind of run. Uh, and then yeah. the other one that I'm always looking at in, in that kind of run of fixtures is, I mean, yeah, Adelaide in, in the past maybe, but it seems that this season they've actually been a bit better. Uh, we do play Melbourne City again, a chance to bounce back, but I, I just really want to beat Western United. I want to beat them both times, and then we, we make sure that we beat Perth, and that gives us, rather than having a consistent run of losses, which kills our momentum and, and absolutely stifles us, if we can start now a good run, 
then we've actually got a chance and we can be talking about, okay, now we're looking up the table rather than looking at teams like Newcastle who are, who are struggling this season, teams like Melbourne Victory who have been struggling for the past couple of seasons and saying, okay, now we're trying to avoid the spoon because that's the last thing you want to be talking about as a fan is, is trying to avoid that wooden spoon. It's the it's the least thing. And, and also when you're looking up the table and you're seeing Central Coast there, you're going, surely, got, come on. Like if Central Coast Mariners are topping the table, I know like, yes, it's a fairy tale story and that it's a massive turnaround, but if they're at the top of the table, it's gettable in terms of, and it's, and it's winnable, it's obtainable in terms of making a run up the table because you're looking at that team going like, listen guys, like this is a team that's, you know, bang average for many years and we do have a chance now of really coming and, and making a play of it. You know, Sydney struggling. Um, they're not the team that they've they've been, the dominant team that they've been in the past couple of years. Um, I mean, the likes of MacArthur, who've just come into the league and a third in the table. I mean, ridiculous. So you have to look at that and you say, look, we've got a chance here. Let's push and let's try and get one of these teams in the playoffs and turn them over because we know that, you know, history says that these teams aren't that good. I know MacArthur's a new team and all that, but history in the past it, it hasn't been kind to new teams so let's go out there and let's get a result let's go out there and let's put together a performance where we can say okay we beat western united x amount of goals nil now we can really start building and let's beat perth and then let's beat western again and then let's go out and show what we're capable of against the likes of adelaide and a melbourne city even a brisbane you you do have to wonder if like maybe we're in a bit of a frame shift uh in the a-league because I don't know, like past few years, Sydney's been up there, Victory's been up there. Um, those, of course, have been the huge big ones. See, like other teams like Perth to a lesser extent, Brisbane. But here we are, the Central Coast Mariners are topping the league and MacArthur are right there next to them. Um, yeah, I don't know, there's just a thought like maybe we're starting to see a changing of the guard and that'd be great because, of course, the team which Graham Arnold built at Sydney was absolutely dominant and one of the things that i love about the a-league is that it's not um it's not like uh just thinking off the top of my head like the french league i'm not going to try and pronounce that um but we where it's just paris saint germain every year well yeah we're about end and yeah uh i like there being competition yeah, yeah that's just a random tangent i went on no, I, I know. I know what you mean. Like example, like the Bundesliga, it's always Bayern. Uh, the French league, it's always PSG. You're challenging. So, for the A League, for the past couple of years, it's always been Sydney. So now we're actually going to see someone different because Sydney's down in that in that final playoff spot at the moment. Could potentially even slip out. And so now we're seeing actually these other teams are starting to mount a challenge, and the and the league is being changed. And the the leaderboard, you've seen a couple of teams seesaw there before. Obviously, Central Coast of all teams has established its grip at the top. So now what we really want to see is the Phoenix actually taking this moment and saying, okay, there's a frame shift. Let's be part of that conversation rather than being consigned towards the bottom again, rather than being one of those teams on the scrap heap, we should be one of those teams contending for those playoffs positions because that's what we we've always aimed to do. And that's what we've always fallen short of is because as soon as we get into that playoff, you know, the talk about playoffs, we crumble. Um, apart from maybe one or two seasons where we we will talk about them even today because they're so memorable and we managed to get past the first round knockouts, um, we have never made it to a grand final. And so it's just frustrating as a Phoenix fan because 
where I I keep thinking that this is the team that like you know with the the likes of Libby there, um, with the likes of Roy Krishna, we had players who were deserving of being a grand final, and just we never quite got there. And so now I'm kind of like, I can forgive the team this season because obviously Wollongong and we, it's been crazy and it's shortened fixtures and and the players have been away from home, all of that jazz, and we've done once again a rebuild, but. Next season, if we if we don't have if we do get this trans Tasman bubble, which we'll talk about now, and if the COVID continues to not be a factor in the future, we need to keep a team together so that we can actually mount a challenge. Because if we keep breaking up the team and then re-establishing a team and then breaking up a team and then losing key players every season, we're not going to mount a challenge because the the players forget about each other. You look at the grand final team winners or the the grand final winning teams of the past couple of seasons of the past, you know, even five, 10 seasons back, they're teams that have been built. They're like almost dynasties, if you will, of players that know, you know, have been to grand finals before or um, players who have played together for five, six years. Uh, That Sydney team, for example, I mean, a lot of those players have played together for years and years, and then they just strengthen. They bring in the key players around them. The Phoenix, I I feel like every season we have three players who stay and the rest of the team's completely new. So, we need that team to be built like A-League battle-hardened players and then they just need to be built up around them and so we can actually contest. But, Dan, let's talk more about that Trans-Tasman uh, bubble. Yeah, I mean, fantastic news. Um, like, obviously, not gonna, yeah, like, it's assuming everything goes well, uh, fingers crossed, um, it's great uh, just for football fans because... Um, it has been over a year now since I was at Westpac, Westpac Stadium cheering the Knicks on. Um, and I, I was in the press box when, when I was last in, uh, the, at Westpac, so uh, maybe I wasn't cheering the Knicks on then. Um, but either way, it's going to be so fantastic to have some back, and the thought of it just makes me really happy. And there's two home games, which it could potentially be, and club looks like, and it looks like it will happen, and It'll be great because I think I think we can get a really good um, we can, we can roll out the red clapper we can have a lovely uh, welcome home party for our boys and then the flip side of this is that we've been told that one of these games is going to be in Auckland and in fairness to the club like this isn't something you can criticise because this is about commercial obligations and the club obviously. Uh, needs money right now because we've been in Wollongong for a year and like there has to be a game in Auckland but as a fan who lives in Wellington of the Wellington Phoenix it's not going to stop me from being salty um that we that the Wellington Phoenix can spend one of that potentially two home games in New Zealand in Auckland yeah other than that um the big thing I'm hoping is being realistic, we probably um, we probably aren't going to make the playoffs. Like we're holding out hope, and it is possible. But being realistic, if we come back and into the trans tennis bubble, and that hope is gone, let's let's give the Weenix a go. Because I'm because I think <laughs> I mean Curtis Mogg is the name which comes to mind. Sent back this should have been his year with Devere gone and Taylor only returning recently. Um, but I feel like that would be the best way to end the season is always yep. just to give the young boys a go because the Phoenix used to lead in this category, but now we can't. 
Uh, yeah. yeah. Over to you, Connor. So Simon says, if there are games to be back in New Zealand, should there only be games in Wellington or maybe games in Auckland as well? It looks like it's going to be one game in Wellington, one game in Auckland. Uh, it's probably only time for two games. Uh, and like Dan said, not ideal that it's in Auckland, but at the same time, like in terms of for us Wellington fans and for the Wellington Phoenix, but at the same time, it's ideal in terms of uh, broad broadcasting rights, commercial partners, all of that sort of stuff. So ticket sales as well, Auckland being a bigger city, you've got more chance of filling the stadium um, because, you know, 45,000 people at Eden Park would be fantastic. Uh, I mean, fill up that stadium, sell the tickets, help the club get revenue back because for, for years, well, for a year now, it's been suffering, not having revenue from ticket sales. So get bums back in seats and get people attending the, the attending the ground. And the best way to do that, I, I think, and as much as I would love to have both games in Wellington, like you, Dan. I think the best way of doing that is to have one game in Wellington, absolutely pack it out, and then one game in Auckland, absolutely pack it out and make sure that the club gets max amount of money back into its coffers and also make sure that we get, um, yeah, as much people seeing the Phoenix and experiencing that live event as we can. And, and whether that, like, I mean, obviously that means sharing it around places across New Zealand. So Simon says again, I'm at Central North Island fan. Auckland is more convenient for me personally. Exactly. So have fans like you give you the chance to be able to witness the Phoenix in, in live, you know, motion again. Um, and that's ideal. And I mean, like, obviously we're not going to like be too salty about that because we know that everyone wants their chance to see the Phoenix again because we've been, we've been a year and a bit now without seeing them live. So to have that chance and to be in the stadium, to hear the chance um go around the stadium to hear the fans singing again to to be there uh i it's just making the hairs on the back of my neck go up because i love it so much um and so i'd love to be back in that atmosphere again and the cake tin we've talked about it before it can be a very vast empty stadium when you don't pack it out but my word when you pack it out and you've got thirty thousand people in there singing their hearts out everyone dressed in yellow and black Oh, it's it's amazing, amazing, top notch, and I, I I think the the benchmark is always that Bahrain game, the All Whites versus Bahrain. There, I think in terms of atmosphere, in terms of legendary kind of scenes, in terms of just emotions, that's got to be up there with probably one of the best nights that stadium has ever seen. So if we can get something like that when the Phoenix come back, we can get even fifteen thousand. I mean, that's amazing, and I, I think everyone will be. Yeah, would remember it. And if we get one of those rare Wellington nights where it's just beautiful and calm, ah, oh, can you can you imagine football on a night like that? It would be legendary. Even football in the driving rain would still turn up because we love it so much. But just one of those nights in Wellington where the air is calm and and the stadium is just like, even though it's cold, it's just beautiful and fans are singing their hearts out and you've you've got a nice like evening sky. Oh, legendary, mate. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's just something that we're dreaming of, and hopefully the Trans Tasman bubble goes through, and we can we can have one of those experiences in Auckland and in Wellington. Okay, the final question. So this is the the thing that we'll kind of wrap up before I do a brief. Um, I know this is the next newsletter, but I'm going to have a quick Champions League chat um, as we'll answer this question from Matthew or this this comment from Matthew, and then we'll talk about the the question. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. 
Great comment. <laughs> lovely, lovely chat, Matthew. Um, so the question is, who has been our biggest injury miss this season? Piscopo or Devere? Right. Or, um, or well, have I, I not included? Or have I not included someone who's been on the injury list? Do you think that maybe Laws or someone like that is the actual one? Uh, for me, for me, it's been fair. Like, because, uh, uh, like as we all know, Paul bring up the image. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Matthew. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. That that explains why that was so random. That comment. Thank you, Matthew. Yeah, I mean. Good to know you're watching. Um, yeah. But there you go. Tim Payne got amongst men, but <laughs> he ultimately wasn't put there. Uh, I mean, in an ideal world, Uffy wouldn't have been forced to put Tim Payne as a centre-back. And Payne's been good, but our defence has been suspect. And it's probably a big reason of why we're, um, we're having those really tough games where we lose to the Wanderers 4-3 or Melbourne City 3-2. And it's been frustrating. Piscopo, big miss. But especially as everyone's found our feet, Hamid, Davila, um, like we have found our shooting boots. So like we can manage with Piscopo without Piscopo, sorry, more yeah. than we can manage without Devere. Or maybe I should say we can manage without Piscopo better than we can manage without Devere or Taylor. Agreed. Agreed, definitely. And I think Taylor's another big miss. But what we're talking about is just the experience. And I mean, experience in centre back and experience in having that leadership in amongst you and talking and uh, rallying the troops, if you will. Whether Taylor or Devere does it, it's crucial. When we had Taylor and Devere alongside each other, I mean, it was magnificent because both of those guys are so experienced and they know exactly how to read the game. They can anticipate the movements of the opposition. It's fantastic when you see them both like at their full fitness. Unfortunately, because of the age they are, because of the way that their bodies, like they're throwing themselves around, they do have wear and tear. And unfortunately, we have seen them kind of get injured and, and they've missed games. And so Tim Payne has done a valiant job of deputizing. I think the likes of Laws, for example, needs a bit more time to develop. Uh, obviously, McGing hasn't been trusted. The likes of Fai Hudson, Wee Hongi as well, hasn't been trusted. So you can see that these experienced guys are massive misses for us. And like the fact is, is that Uffy definitely, if they were fit, would start them. Now that they're not fit, he's having to rely on kind of other other options that do their best, like like Payne, for example, got amongst men um, and, and waiting for those other guys to come back. But <laughs> boom. Um, but we are always looking for that experience and those guys who have been there and, and done the kind of, you know, Stephen Taylor, the Premier League. I mean, <laughs> fantastic experience. And he's, and he's, I mean, we've seen some fantastic highlights from him, both good and banned over the years. But what he does bring you is that leader's mentality. And then Devere, I mean, that experience and that ability to read a game and also his just wealth of A-League knowledge is crucial. And so missing him, I agree. I think he has been our biggest injury miss this season and obviously out for another I think it's four weeks five weeks that's a huge miss for us and unfortunately we won't get him back to right at the end of the season where if things keep going as they are we won't be in a playoff spot so that'll be absolutely gutting for the team and also for him as well 
A uh, couple of questions in. Simon says, do you think New Zealand football should join the Asian Confederation? That's his <laughs> random question of the week. Uh, Sorry, I think Paul, this has I, been a... Sorry, what's Paul, given you bench create Simon's random question of the week. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll do like a random question of the week, like title card or generator, and we, we can put it in. Um, but anyway, I think that's something that we've been talking about for years, and I just don't think it, it works, unfortunately, as much as we want it to. Uh, we've been trying to get out of the Oceania Confederation for a while now, and we just haven't found that right pathway. And I know that if the opportunity comes up, New Zealand football will jump at that chance uh, because it will be so much better for our development. But with this expansion of the the FIFA World Cup, including an Oceania team like right off the bat, and so we won't have to do a playoff, I think that kind of is a carrot to stay in the Oceania division just to make sure that we get that that kind of free um qualification spot obviously not free we have to beat the likes of fiji with it we have to beat the likes of samoa tonga but the easier if you will qualification route so far because it's much easier than playing against a team like papua new guinea like new caledonia then playing against mexico uh in front of you know thousands and thousands of fans at the azteca there we go random question time just a little little nice one from from paul there for simon's uh random question of the week so i hope that answered that fine um and then matthew thank you you've you've given me something to lead into the champions league chat with um liverpool played incredibly poor last night and dortmund were robbed city paid the ref he says champions league so liverpool played real madrid yes they did play poorly real madrid won 3-1 then dortmund i mean uh, you could argue that City paid the ref. I mean, it was a, it was a good game. I'm not going to lie. I, I did enjoy it as a neutral fan. City won 2-1. Late, late goal uh, by Phil Foden to make it 2-1 there. Uh, I think the Champions League this season for me has been probably, it's been one of the most interesting in, in recent years. Obviously, just looking at the semi-final, I mean, sorry, the quarter-finalists and potential semi-finalists, it's mouth-watering. Liverpool versus Real Madrid is fitting of a final, and we had that final a couple of years back. The likes of Borussia Dortmund against City as well. Crazy games. And then tomorrow morning for us, 7 a.m. New Zealand time, we've got Porto versus Chelsea and PSG versus Bayern, a repeat in the quarterfinal of last year's final. Uh, it's mouthwatering stuff, and it's super exciting. And for me and for everyone, oh, lovely. Love that, Paul. Beautiful. And for me as a, as a football fan, I think it's fantastic for everyone that we get to see the likes of, of these teams competing. Um, obviously, Seeing three English teams in there is, is awesome for the, the Premier League fans out there. Um, although people would argue that Liverpool aren't going to be around for much longer uh, if they if they continue that kind of form. Um, but Man City are still trying to get into their first ever Champions League final. Many people have tipped them to go all the way this season. Bayern Munich versus PSG. I mean, PSG will be out for revenge uh, after their defeat in the final last season. And then Porto, the Dark Horses, obviously have won it previously under Mourinho um, when they came and shocked the world, basically, to win it. Uh, but Chelsea, I mean, one-time winners, they've got another chance to win it. It's 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 amazing. It's, it's storylines everywhere. And Borussia Dortmund as well, beaten finalists um, a couple of years back against Bayern. So, yeah, uh, the Champions League this season has been really interesting and, and it's throwing up a whole bunch of different permutations. But the question I'm going to ask you, Dan, I've got two for you. Who is going to win the champion? Who is going to win the Champions League? Number one, um, and and where will Erling Haaland, the Borussia Dortmund machine, the Terminator as they call him, where will he end up? Which club? Which super club 
will he end up at? Because there's been talks that he's going to go to either Man City or Man United uh, as that, or he's also had chats with Real Madrid and Barcelona. His agent's been flouting him and, and touting him in front of all of the, the amazing clubs around Europe. So where will Erling Haaland end up? And to answer your, that's your second question. Your first question is, who is going to win the Champions League this season? Well, I'm going to say that Bayern are going to do it again. Don't ask me to justify my choice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I won. All good. Bayern to do the double. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to say Erling Haaland is going to end up at Manchester United because <laughs> I'm a Manchester United fan and I want him to end up at Manchester United. <laughs> Good call. Love it. All right. and oh, Excellent question of... here from Matthew. Mm. Connor, do you want to stand up slightly? Oh, yeah, so yeah. I've can... got it. There we go. This is the team. Let's just move that out of the way. That's my team. And then you've just heard who Dan supports. He just said Man United. So those are the uh, the teams we support. And for those in the um... podcast, uh, that's Arsenal, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Arsenal is the team I support, yes. I'm just holding up an Arsenal hoodie for those on the podcast. It's got the uh, Arsenal... Team name and then the badge underneath it. It's the, um, yeah. So, and we've also got, he said, who do you support in European football? And then Simon says, Matthew, is that club or international? And then Matthew said club. So we've answered that. But if you answer both, that'd be cool. Obviously, internationally in Europe, um, most most of us would say England because, I mean, we, we like the English Premier League. But I'm also going to say in, in terms of a European team, Netherlands, because my family's Dutch. Dan? Um, actually, I I was going to say I'm a neutral because you remember I actually have a, a strong affection for the Italian national team. <laughs> Why do I have a strong affection for the Italian national team? Uh, because I like pasta, and um, this was small uh, a small Dan's justification for uh, supporting the Italian national team, and that justification is stuck. And to this day, I still support the Italian national team. <laughs> Ah, there you go. He supports the Azuri because he likes pasta. I love that. The the most pure answer of any of anything. Okay, so before we finish off, uh, we'll wrap up in terms of a next way. So we, we might as well go back to the A League. We'll talk about what we what we love uh, first and foremost, rather than wrapping up with European football. Um, yes, pasta, but not pizza. Exactly, pasta I mean, over pizza. Oh, look! Look, they're both good. I just have a mild preference for pasta. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, so we'll just mention what Simon said. Simon says, uh, me personally, I support the Republic of Ireland. My parents are Irish, but my father's from Northern Ireland, but my dad um, do not support Northern Ireland. Okay, that's fair. So he supports Republic. That's awesome to know. Matthew, we'll, we'll wait and see whether he flicks through who he supports. In the meantime, I'm going to finish it off with asking you one final question about the Phoenix. Where will the Phoenix finish this season? Ugh. huge, huge prediction. So do, do they finish in the playoff spots or do they just miss out or do they even finish near the bottom, Dan? What do you think? Uh... Matthew, it's good to see you are also Irish. He supports Republic of Ireland as well. And United, big shock there because Irish Irish people do often support United. So actually not a big shock at all. <laughs> that was concluded. What I just said initially was wrong. Mm. Um, it was sarcasm, but, yeah. but I worried. I worried that it might not come across as sarcasm. So, not a big shock at all. Irish, I understand. Yeah. Um. 
I think we've got a couple tricks left in the bag, but I don't think we're... I can't see us making the playoffs. I'm going to say eighth. Eighth. Okay. So we're going we're gonna to end up two positions above. I'm going to be the eternal optimist that I am, and I'm going to say we sneak in sixth and we get a playoff spot, and then we have to play Central Coast Mariners in the playoff, and we beat them because we can do that. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's saying currently it's 10 in the morning in Ireland. Mark, that's awesome to know. 10 in the morning means that tonight you're going to have Champions League to watch on the TV, you lucky man. Well, I have to get up early and then watch it at 7 a.m. before work. So can't wait for that. Uh, you get to watch it in prime time, at like whatever it is. Uh, it'll probably be like 9 or 10 p.m. over there in Ireland, eight, even maybe 8 p.m. Lucky, lucky man. Uh, anyway, Dan, it's been a pleasure. Uh, once again, covering off, you're you're putting the kiss of death on the Phoenix uh, to not get the playoffs. I'm saying I'm going to be optimistic and we're going to just sneak in there. But as always, uh, thank you for joining the show. You can catch up on all the A-League results every morning at 7 a.m. with the morning sports briefing and get your weekly Phoenix fix at 9 p.m. next Wednesday. And don't forget, go wake New Zealand Sports Radio a few dollars on Patreon if you can. It increases our motivation to be back each week and results in higher production quality. Simon, Matthew, thank you very much for all your comments. Paul, thank you very much for whipping up those graphics as we went through. Obviously, the god amongst men is Hasselhoff um, and Tim Payne when he's lucky. And as always, it's been a pleasure bringing you the next newsletter. Dan, I'll finish off by doing exactly what you've been doing this, this past minute, and we can sign off giving everyone a little high five. And if you're watching the uh, if you're watching this on Facebook, if you're watching this on uh, YouTube, lucky you. If you're listening to this on the podcast, you're not going to see what we're doing, but we've been doing this for the past minute if uh, you've been watching Dan's screen. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for watching. See you from the next newsletter. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.